The power, the power is literally in your hand. Unlike any time in my career, one state, one state can chart the course, not just for the next four years, but for the next generation. By electing John and the Reverend, you can make an immediate difference in your own lives, the lives of the people all across this country, because their election will put an end to the block in Washington, that $2,000 stimulus check, that money that will go out the door immediately to help people who are in real trouble. Think about what it will mean to your lives, putting food on the table, paying rent, paying problems with your mortgage, paying down the credit card, paying the phone bill, the gas bill, the electric bill. Just look around. Today, I have got with me Gabby, Crit, Shakira, and Ro. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Hi. Hey. Hello. Hanging in there. Hi. Chilling. Chilling. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're about a month into the Biden-Harris administration, and a lot has been going on. But the two things I wanted to focus on today were the... relief checks and the $50,000 student debt cancellation bill. I'll start off with the $1,400 checks. As we all know, when Georgia Senate runoffs were happening, Biden's big message was, hey, $2,000 checks that will go out immediately. People showed up to the polls. We won the Georgia Senate runoff elections. And here we are about a month into the presidency, and Biden actually came out with a $1,400 check, relief check that was going to go out that wouldn't, people wouldn't get immediately. They're going to get, I think, sometime in March. And a lot of the messaging that I saw when this announcement first happened was, hey, look, like, it was kind of ridiculous on Twitter. There were a lot of graphics being like 1400 plus 600 equals 2000. I think it's just funny because, you know, I think what a lot of people will actually interpret is, hey, Trump gave us 1200 plus 600, which is 1800, and Biden only gave us 1400. And he didn't pull through on his promise of $2,000 checks going out the door immediately. On top of that, a lot of the income requirements changed with this $1,400 check. So a lot of the folks who previously got the checks may not get it this time around. So I wanted to kind of touch on this and get your guys' thoughts on how do you think this is going to affect future elections coming up midterms in 2022 and then the next presidential election in 2024? Do you think Biden can come back from this? I feel like it's just like a one-size-fits-all approach that Biden is taking to all his different plans going on and not like more nuanced what's happening, really happening in this country. Right. I totally agree with that. I think a better approach would have been just to, I don't know, like a ratio, you know what I mean? Or something like that versus like just like that one size uh, fits all approach. Because 
I mean, I'm going to be honest, like $1,400 like is basically rent for like a one bedroom apartment up here in the Silicon Valley. Barely rent actually. So like, yeah. I feel like it doesn't even cover my rent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, exactly. So I think that's like really frustrating because for like a person who makes X amount of money, like we're barely living day to day to begin with. Right. And for anyone who is part of those essential workers, like grocery workers or drivers or whatever, like anyone who's in the working class who's considered an essential worker will barely be able to live with, you know, $1,400, which hasn't even come yet. Like it is mid-February. He's been president for exactly a month now and um, no one's gotten a check. Like we've been waiting for the stimmy for a while. And (laughs) it's just, I think- their $600 ones are waiting for the $600 ones. Our government is failing. Yeah. And it's just so frustrating because when's the last time that we got stimulus checks? Yeah. I think also like what really frustrates me about this whole situation in particular is that like people already have so much mistrust with the government for valid reasons. And On top of that, you backtrack on such a huge and highly publicized promise. It's already frustrating that people aren't getting like the amount they were promised. And then on top of that, they're getting whatever you are giving like super late. Such a hot mess. And it worries me about (laughs) the next elections coming up. Yeah. And I I mean, I think the problem is like they want to pass this in a bill right and like in legislation I feel like that just delays the process because what happens with bills is people try to put all these other like stipulations in there right like funding for this and that and whatever that things that don't that people don't need right now so I think that's in my opinion is kind of flawed as well I think something that does make sense to me is lowering the income because I, I I agree that it should be more targeted to people who really need it, right? Like, and I don't know the best way to maybe approach that. Maybe that there's a different way than just saying like people who make less than 75K, individuals who make less than 75,000, maybe there's a different way to approach that. But I do think that our stimulus checks do need to be more targeted and going to people who need it the most. What the $600 went to like literally everyone, right? And I think that was kind of weird to me. How do you decide that? How do you know who's the people that need it the most? Because I feel like if you're saying, like I look at other countries who paid people basically to stay home. Mm -hmm. And I feel like our country did that. Like they're worried about our debt. We've been in debt. They have money for everything but us people we have money for wars we have money for the police we have money for they're not worried about the debt then but when it comes to giving people money then it's oh the debt we're in trillions of dollars of debt i feel like these senators are really out of touch because they're all rich like isn't mitch mitch mcconnell married to like an heiress or something like all these senators have money so they're very like out of touch with like what's happening but back to your point Gabby, I don't know if I agree whether or not there should be a cap. I feel like if you're making over a certain amount, yes. But I feel like you start splitting hairs when you start talking about 75, 70, um, yeah. 80. Yeah. 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 That's definitely splitting hairs. That you live in 
that money doesn't go as far. Right. So it's hard to say who's the most in need. I think it's relative to where you live because 75K in the Bay Area is not going to get you anything. But 75K a year in like Erie, Pennsylvania, you could afford a lot more. It goes back to Shakira's initial point. X amount of a stimulus check will mean something different dependent on where you live. And same with like the income level that you cap it at. You America is very heterogeneous. I think that's the word where it's like every state is like a different country in America. And within that, like the poverty level line is also, it should be different in every state because you can't afford certain things in one state versus another because of what that like inflation looks like. This is a very, very much a blanket approach to solving this economic crisis. And no matter how you look at it, it's flawed. <laughs> because the exactly. answer. <laughs> exactly. There's too much politics and not enough. Let's get people the help they need. So how do you guys think this is going to affect midterms and potentially the next presidential election? And if something can be done to kind of save face on this particular issue. I don't know. I feel like it's too early to tell. I feel like both sides are fucking up. People are mad at the Republicans, you know, with what happened with the insurrection, them not voting to um, impeach Pretty Trump. Bad, though? You know, I want to say yes, but I guess maybe it's a select number of people who are upset. And then Democrats aren't looking too good because I feel like, yeah, I voted for Biden because he was the lesser of two evils. But honestly, he's very moderate. He leans, I feel like he leans more to the right. I feel like they're trying to play down the middle. Our country isn't going to improve without more, in my opinion, more liberal approach. I, I definitely like agree with Shakira. I think a lot of us who are on the more liberal side, like voted the less of the lesser of the two evils for sure. But the evil is coming out. <laughs> Biden. A lot of people went in here thinking that, okay, like we're going to vote him in. Things are going to change. Biden could have easily kept his promise with $2,000 or he could have made it even higher because we do need more money going out to the people. Or even recurring. But there's so much politics involved and how Biden was like, I'm going to be bipartisan and do everything with both sides. But like, you can't, you can't play down. You can't, you can't, you can't shake hands with white supremacists. That's not, that's not the way to go. That just empowers fascism. That's all it does. But I do want to highlight what Shakira just said of being bipartisan and and playing down the middle. I mean, that is literally what's stalling everything right Mm -hmm. now. Because we could be the bully, right? Like the democratic bullies. And pass all of these things but the goal is to have bipartisanship um that's biden's goal and that is just what's stalling everything i think it's somewhat admirable like fine okay you, you want to be the bigger person but i would love to see us the democrats just take everything <laughs> like i just want them to just pass right. Everything that they want to pass, everything that they promised on. Because you know what? Republicans do the same thing. And I hear the whole thing of no, when, what, what did Michelle say? When they go low, we it go high. Yeah, or something. F that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's not it's time for that so anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really hard to be the bigger person. That is, that's I right. that's just role. not the reality of the situation anymore. Yeah, it's not. 
Yeah, there's actually this uh, activist. I don't know if you guys know her, Brie Newsome. And she put it on Twitter beautifully. But she said, Biden continues to be all the things folks warned about. He's better than Trump and extremely low bar, but his commitment to ideological modernism above confronting reality as it exists threatens to inhibit adequate responses to either economic disaster or threat of fascism. He prides himself on being middle of the road, but we can't afford to be middle of the road in responding to the greatest economic crisis since the Great Depression and the greatest threat from fascist forces since World War II. He seems to think it's wisdom, but it reads as naivety. 100% agree. This isn't the time to be like, let's all hold hands. I'm not going to hold hand with hold hands with white supremacists ever. If a Republican tried to hold my hand right now because they want unification, I'd be like Melania. How she just like waved Trump's <laughs> hand away <laughs> when he tried to reach it for her hand. Yeah, that's all of and us right now. Liberal centrism can't fight fascism. Like it just can't. So another thing mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on was the whole student loan forgiveness ordeal that happened. Chuck Schumer and Elizabeth Warren, along with several senators, co-signed, sponsored this bill to cancel $50,000 of student debt loan, which Biden can very easily do with an executive order. And Biden said no. (laughs) He said, no, I don't want to cancel loans of kids who went to Harvard. And this got a lot of opposition from actually moderate Democrats, too. Across the board in the Dem Party, everyone was pretty unhappy with his response to just keeping it at 10000 and claiming that 50000 was too much. What were your guys' reactions to that whole scenario? I feel such disgust. That makes me so angry. $50,000 is a little drop in my sea of debt. As a med student, as someone who got a master's, as someone who did undergrad and someone who went to a lot of schooling just to get here to medical school, I will be really frank. I'm in almost $300,000 worth of debt. $50,000 would be nothing. And you're not even going to give us that. Fifty thousand is the bare minimum, <laughs> right? Ten thousand is not even interest. Like, what is that? That's. I mean, I guess that's something to some people, but for the most of us, us middle class people who went grad school, there's nothing, dude. Ten thousand dollars is like two classes at mm-hmm. yes. a state, like state community college, maybe. <laughs> Like, is he that out of tech reality? Like, what is he even like elite schools like Harvard, Ivy League schools? I went to Vanderbilt. Most of those people who had loans were people like me, like in the middle class, going to those schools who he, he said it's their choice. Most of them were paying directly out of pocket. They didn't have loans. That's what's so mind boggling to me about his statement. The fact that he assumed that everyone who goes to an elite school is an elitist is so out of tune. You think the elitists who go to elite schools are taking student loans? No, Mm -hmm. their parents are like paying the schools to get their kids in. Like they don't need to worry about loans. Like (laughs) there are a lot of like first generation kids or kids who like worked really, really hard through high school and stuff to achieve that goal, you know, because that was something that no one else in their family had done. And They're putting everything on the line to be there to succeed at the school. And suddenly they don't deserve loan forgiveness because they tried to achieve too much. Like, I just don't. 
directly affected by his statement. Like people like me, like my mom made too much for some of the like need-based scholarships, but I still wanted to go to a good school. So am I just not going to go to a good school in which I got in? No, I'm going to take out loans. There are statistics that show that most of the student loan debt is for middle class people of color, middle class black families, because we're targeted. They tell us, take out these loans and you'll be able to go to school and be able to afford school. They don't tell you about the interest pieces and all of that when you're first applying to schools. They just Sally Mae and, you know, all of these other, you know, creditors who provide loans to students and to to families. And it's so targeted. Like what I hate about like this overall discussion is like just point blank. Let's be real about like who's actually getting burdened by student loans, mm-hmm. right? It's like the minority. Like, hello, for me and my family, you know, I'm first gen and we really value education. In the Philippines, where like my parents grew up poor to the point like my grandma tells me like how valuable like education is. There's no access to education. They tell me, you know, growing up it instilled, it's like, well, you know, the only thing that I could really give you in this world is education. And that's like my way of showing you love. And so of course, of course I'm gonna go to school. Of course I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get an education. Like that's the American dream that's promised and that's given to us. And yet here we are right? We don't, I'm, I'm in the educational system in the US, no financial literacy. It's a privilege to even get it. Like if your family understands like debt and how debt is accrued, not just by, you know, student loans, but like credit card companies, that in and of itself, understanding it is a privilege. And I wasn't really like around that. I didn't really understand it. And it wasn't until, yeah, later on that I chose you know, to understand it. But then here I am, everyone here, I have student loans. And so my stance is, okay, fine. Like if you're not going to give us the 50 or whatever, and now it's only 10, well then, okay, I hope that 10 comes. But at least in September, when, you know, we start getting our bills again for student loans, I hope these creditors are really regulated and they don't all of a sudden like jack up all of the interest rates Mm -hmm. on us to like make up for the time that they paused everything. Like that's predatory. That's not right. That is not the American dream that you promised. What type of America then are you promising to people? And I think that it's so fucked up again. Sorry, I'm like so heated because it's just like, ah, so out of tune for them to even just like say that. And I and I think they're losing, you know, a really big key piece of this. Like everyone has so much debt. The only way in which we could really get out of it is assistance and like really funding education. I'm a cool. No. No. <laughs> I wanted to touch on Rose's point of getting the loans and not being financially literate. Like that's exactly what I did. For me, my only goal was to go to med school and I was like, okay, I have to do like million years of schooling and it took me 6 years just to get into med school and within those 6 years, like I took up all the loans to do all the education cuz I needed that education to prove that I was worthy enough for med school. So each step of that way like, oh, this is another loan that I'm taking in. This is another loan. Like I didn't even think twice because I was like this is the way to achieve that American dream of becoming a physician. And if I had read the fine print, I didn't even realize, oh, one has more interest than the other. So I think it's just really frustrating because it's literally hundreds, thousands, millions of students across the nation who kind of got trapped into that loan trap to just so they can achieve their dreams, so they can get out of whatever it is, their bracket and get into a higher bracket, right? Because we're all going to school because 
it promises us six figure salaries. Like that's what everyone's aiming for. It's like a really good salary to like get out of like our own little brackets, right? Like that was always like the goal. And in order to get to that goal, it's education. But now once you kind of get out of it, half of that salary is going to the loan. I want to put some of the blame on universities and colleges as well, because they're running this like a business and they want our money. And they are selling us this dream that ends up being a nightmare at the end of the day. And it's really horrible. I feel for all of us who are in this position because we wanted this so badly. For a lot of us, we did this to make our parents so proud because this was like their ultimate dream. Like they were sacrificing so much for us to get here. And then it just is like, for what? We end up in situations where we're suffering financially. And sometimes that affects us in other areas of our lives too. I also wanted to talk about like with the student loan forgiveness, there are a lot of student loans that come from the federal government. They know that there are people who need this. They, because they have the information themselves. They were the loan lenders. <laughs> I'm not talking about the Sally Mays and these private or you know, these private companies who are selling, yes. who are giving us these loans. This is the federal government doing this to us too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what is it to them to give us the $10,000 at least? They were the predators themselves. To your first point, Gabby, totally agree. And that's just the nature of our economy. Everything here needs to run like a business in order to succeed for some reason, which is why college should be free. (laughs) But that could be a whole nother topic on its own. At the end of the day, student debt cancellation, it's not like a rich kid problem. It's a racial justice problem, right? And like Black students and lower income people and people of color are disproportionately affected by student debt than white students. And canceling student debt is not only going to, yes, stimulate economy, uh, provide a lot of like financial flexibility for us and for us to be able to do other things with our money, but also it it works towards closing the racial wealth gap. It's just frustrating that after these four years, that concept seems to be not understood. Biden's statement about it was your choice to go to an elite school and that public, that state community colleges should be free. So what are you saying? Are you saying that low income people, middle class people who can't afford elite schools or black kids should not be going to these schools? They should only go, they shouldn't strive. We've been told that Ivy League is top tier. We shouldn't strive for that. We should go to the community college because then who's getting the jobs, the higher paying jobs? It's not us going, if we go to community college, it's not us getting those jobs. So then we're just perpetuating the cycle. And I feel like it it was just the most ignorant statement of him to make. He just assumed so much through that one statement that I was surprised that it wasn't on more headlines. Like when I first heard it, it was from here. And, and I was like, that is legitimately the most classist statement I've ever heard. I know we're renting a lot and... I can feel kind of frustrating to not have something to do about it. Do you feel free to contact your senators, your representatives, the White House itself, and tell them how you feel? Because the more that we can activate our voices and get it heard and made it known, make it known that we don't like where these policies are going and the um, lack of fulfillment of promises made during campaigns, 
I think the more that we make that known, the more the more empowered we'll be in the end. So yes, there's a bunch of petitions out there. Um, like Gabby say, pressure your reps and senators. Um, also, there are about 17 state attorney generals who are joining the call for $50,000 in loan forgiveness. So you can also pressure your state attorney general. So I have, I have some other headlines from February 18th. These are all from February 18th. But I'm going to read the headlines. And then I have a question for you guys. Um, so the first one is breaking. President Biden just issued the new ICE guidance, wholly abandoning his pledge to halt deportations. ACLU says this is a disappointing step backward from the Biden administration's earlier commitments to fully break from the harmful deportation policies of Trump and Obama. Second headline, Biden privately tells governors minimum wage hike likely isn't happening. Third, Justin, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin spoke with Saudi Arabia's Mohammed bin Salman to reaffirm the strategic defense partnership between Washington and Riyadh. Austin condemned Houthi cross-border attacks and committed to assist Saudi in the defense of its borders. And last, Rep. Katie Porter, a single mom, tells Katie Tur, NBC, that the current Biden-Dem COVID relief bill gives more money per child to married couples than single parents. That makes no sense. There's no discount for being a single parent. If there is, please point it to me, she says. So there's just a few things, like a quick summary of other things that are going on. What are your guys' expectations or hopes going into the, we're one month in. What would you like to see from the Biden administration in the next, I would say two years, in the next couple of years, because midterms are important. Okay, I'm just digesting all of those headlines. and Yeah, it's a lot. And there's a lot of backtracking from a lot of campaign promises. It's all happening so quickly and quietly. But yeah. Emphasis on quietly. Yeah. I hadn't really heard any of this. All you hear about that's publicized is the positive things, so to speak, or the ones that do fall under his campaign promises are mostly about covid relief everything else is kind of like hush hush or under the radar and honestly my expectations is that I really just wanted him to live up to the promises and his whole stance on defund the police and policing he just makes me sad yeah like I don't even know if I can expect anything given those headlines because everything that you just read off era like it is like we're going backwards I mean I can talk for an hour about just the minimum wage headline and the ICE like facilities and like I just I don't even know if I should expect anything different even though I want more changes than what he's giving so I guess it's back to just writing to my senators and pressing them to make these changes kind of like going back to what Gabby was saying because clearly nothing is going to go the way that we kind of wanted it to go yeah, we, we can't we can't relax, basically. <laughs> yeah. Another layer to this that it makes this especially frustrating is that Biden is a career politician. This is not his first time around the block, you know, first time around the White House even. This he's been here forever. This has been his career. So the promises that he made on his campaign aren't weren't naive ones. You know, there's sometimes candidates overpromise and then they get into the White House and it's not what they expected, so they can't deliver. Biden ha- doesn't have that excuse. He knows how this works. He shouldn't have made promises 
that he wasn't going to. And I think that's another layer to this for me, because it's just there is no excuse. You have the House, you have the Senate, and you know how this whole game is played. So play the game and play it the way that you said you would. For us. That's it. Mike, drop Gabby. Yes, <laughs> Gabby. I mean, like, come on, Biden. Like, what the hell are you doing? He manipulated the United States. Just kind of the same way Trump did, but he did it in quotes for good, but then brought it back to what it was when it was before Trump, except now we're paying attention more like, hey, maybe um, the government isn't doing what's right for us. Maybe we really do want fresh blood in. Um, And I I just wanted to bring that up because I know like pre-Trump era, like I wasn't really involved. So I was just going with the flow of it. But now it's like, no, just because someone says they're your Democrat doesn't mean they're for the people. And I think that's like an important point that Hira especially taught me um, <laughs> over the past year because I was like, oh, Democrat, we're good. We're good. And Hira's like, no, crit, you got to keep working. You got to keep fighting because a label isn't anything. And I feel like that was a very important lesson that you taught me here. So thank you. I feel honored. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for joining today. Thank you to everyone listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Millennials for All and interact with us there. Um, our DMs are open. But yeah, this was a great combo, guys. Until next time. <laughs> and we thank need you. intros. Oh, yeah, we do need to do Bye. intros. Oh, we're we gonna do yeah. outro. <laughs> we waited for you, Nick, in case you were. Oh, no, I didn't say anything. <laughs> oh.